for me, if I'm going to put something out like that, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to make believe that things were, or, or, um, you know, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to be, okay, this is, a, this is, you know, I think Helen Mirren is quoted, quoted that if, give her younger self one piece of advice, it would be the, be to use the words F off much more often. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. As usual, we love to thank our sponsors, Karen, and one of our great sponsors, Exhibitors Products, Karen. Exhibitors has some great stuff. What are your favorites? Oh, my favorites. So they have a lot. They have the Quick Shampoo and Conditioner, which is one of my favorites, and then the Quick Silver, Black, and Color yeah, shampoos. All, three of, all three of them are fantastic. Of course, they have the Quick Sheen and the Quick Braid, but I think my favorite is... It has got to be the Quicksilver. The Quicksilver, yeah. Makes yeah. those uh, gray shine and those whites nice and bright. Yeah, it is pretty special stuff. Very so, special. Uh, we love it. So we love Exhibitors products, don't we, can. I love them. So again, please support the people who support the Major League Eventing podcast, keeping this podcast free, Karen. Free, free. to the listener at home. Free. If you're listening, you're listening for free. If you're paying... Mm, I don't know where you got that. <laughs> Tell us where you're getting, where so, you're paying. <laughs> thank us by thanking our sponsors, exhibitors. Thank you so much. If you have a brand or product, a show, or if your farm has services that you want to bring to the eventing community, consider advertising with Major League Eventing. The Major League Eventing podcast is growing leaps and bounds to the tune of thousands of downloads per week across North America and around the world. If you want your advertising dollar to count, you're going to advertise with the Major League Eventing Podcast and Major League Eventing. We have multiple platforms to bring your message to the eventing audience. So here's what you do. Contact me directly, rob at majorleagueeventing.com. Email me. Say, hey, Rob, I'm interested. What do you got? We're going to set up a phone call. We're going to talk about what your needs are and what your budget is, and we will customize a marketing and advertising strategy to meet your needs. So again, email me, rob at majorleagueeventing.com, and we'll bring your brand to our audience. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. And Karen's super excited. We have a three-time guest Three on time. the Major, Major yep. Eventing Podcast. Uh, a very exclusive club is the three-time <laughs> yes. guest of the Major League Eventing Podcast. Welcome back to the show. He needs no introduction, especially for the people who've been listening. Uh, Will Faldry, welcome back, welcome. buddy. Uh, thanks for having me back. This is uh, it's good to be here. It's a real good treat for us, buddy, for sure. The um, we, we wanted to catch up with you. We, we, we see you've had a lot of kind of good stuff going on. Mostly baking, Mostly. from what we can tell. It's a <laughs> and, and, and pickling. Pickling and baking is going on. So how's the how's the pickling and baking going, buddy? Um, it's It's been good. I've been, um, you know, trying to find all the silver linings of this uh, pandemic and time at home. And really been spending a lot of time with the horses and um, working with the basics and, you know, training and, then in the afternoons, I've found myself um, 
trying new things in the kitchen and I love to cook so I've been playing around with different stuff and one of my favorite things is macarons and the first time I tried to make them a couple of weeks ago I, I was about ready to light my kitchen on fire I've never <laughs> never been more pissed off at every piece of kitchen equipment in my life I couldn't get anything to work um, and Anyway, I watched a lot of YouTube videos on them, and I've, I've perfected my macaron making, so I'm pretty, pretty happy about that. More, more, the uh, not near as happy as um, the girls that work at the farm because <laughs> they they actually I actually did get told today that I cannot make any more of them for a while because they can't seem to quit eating them. <laughs> um, <laughs> Everyone's gonna be on a fitness regime here real soon. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you said no. macaron because I, I I would have called them macaroons. I don't know I don't know how to pronounce that, so I'm glad. Well, you, uh... so this is in my fit of anger when I <laughs> wanted to burn my kitchen down. A, a macaroon is actually quite simple because you just beat the egg whites and add the sugar, and you can you put coconut in there, you drop them on, and then you bake them, and it's fine. Uh, Macron, which there's a French method and Italian method, and I've created a will method, which <laughs> is a mixture of the two because, um, and they've turned out quite, quite, quite good. But they're they require a lot of patience and a lot of time, um, and but now that I've been been doing them, I've I've, I've been experimenting with different flavors and. Um, yeah, so um, that that's been good, and <laughs> like, like I said, the girls at the barn and and my my veterinarians when they've been out, they they've enjoyed them, and um, my I have a personal trainer that I work out with, and since the shutdown's been going on, we work out every morning at um, before I go to the barn via FaceTime, which has been really good. But <laughs> she keeps saying, you better save some of those for when I can come back there. <laughs> um, That's funny. I said, well, I'm not eating them all because uh, one one cookie is uh, my uh, daily intake of sugar. So wow. I just like baking them. Mm. Very, uh, very, very lean. Holy Very, smoke. yeah. Well, you, know, we, uh, you were saying your kitchen equipment wasn't working. We, we were having a heck of a time trying to get our recording working. Yeah, we were. And we did see you on video for a little bit, even though we lost the connection. But you looked, you looked like at your fighting weight right there. You look, you look good. Um, now I've been. Uh, that is definitely one thing. Um, you know, when I was when I was younger, God, I hate saying that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I I had lost quite a bit of weight. I, don't, I never thought I was super big, but um, it, you know, I, I ride typically. I, I ride some smaller horses. Celeste is quite small. Ramona is quite small. Um, so I I try to stay as lean as I can, and I've definitely used this time at home to really um, not not let. Um, I didn't want to have to lose lose thirty pounds when when the competitions start back up. So I've right. maintained my competition weight by a lot of cardio and, um, like I said, I'm I still work out with my lady. We do it via FaceTime and which is is really good. You know we've made we've made it all work. So awesome, 
Awesome. Well, you look good. You look good, brother. And then the, and then Karen also, she needs to know, Karen, what? about the, the avocados. Oh, the pickled avocados. <laughs> no. That's interesting. So I, I love – I eat more pickles than they would at a maternity ward. I mean, I <laughs> – I love love pickles, um, and but I hate throwing glass jars. I hate throwing plastic away, glass jars away, or anything. So I I keep all the jars, and I you know, like I like to do a little bit of woodworking and stuff like that. And I've got a little wood shop in my garage, so I'll use jars like to keep screws or you know whatever, and and I'll use jars instead of buying Tupperware. I'll just reuse. Jars. Well, I have probably 300 pickle jars. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, and I, I don't know. I it, it actually today I just thought I had these. I had sliced an avocado to put on. I had made a uh, black bean taco for lunch, and I sliced half of an avocado on there. And I was like, God, I wanted a pickle, and I'm out of pickles. So. <laughs> Um, but I had a bunch of avocado, so um, I do grow my own cucumbers. Um, nice. And I I have a pickling um, recipe that I've used for a long time, and I add to it. And um, so anyway, so I got my vinegar and my salt and a little bit of sugar, and I in my own little homemade thing, I I mix the white wine vinegar with a little bit of apple cider uh, vinegar in with it and then salt, sugar, boil that down. And then um, I usually slice the cucumbers. Today I sliced the avocados and stuck them in the jar and then put uh, peppercorn, coriander seed, fennel seed, uh, dill, red pepper flakes, garlic. Um, uh, What else did I put in there? today uh um oh i put a little bit of turmeric in there today which was quite good and then boil the water let it cool down and then pour it over the avocados and uh i i ate a couple before i uh came (laughs) came up to my office and they're they're not gonna last long because they're very very good they're tasty already wow oh my god yeah i mean i'll be i i've I'm hoping that they'll, because they're pickled, I'm hoping that, that the avocados will hold their shape. I think they will. Um, but, you know, time will tell. But anyway, I, I don't actually know if it will matter if they hold their shape because I don't think they're going to last very <laughs> We need to uh, have a cooking show with our with some guests. That's it. We're doing yeah. a cooking yeah. show. <laughs> I'll, I'll be the official eater. Of it. I'm working. I'm working it down. I'm working it down. Oh, that yeah. sounds awesome, man. I love. Uh, we love avocado. Oh, I love them. Never had them pickled like that. No. So gonna- uh, yeah. Well, I these. It was super easy and really good. And it was um, my. I, I saw my brother and sister in law, and they've gone become very kind of plant based um, eating, which I have not because I really like fish and steak and chicken, um, <laughs> but. Um, they, uh, you know, influenced me enough where I, I ventured into some some different type of recipes and things that I've been cooking and playing with. And, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I like playing around. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> if it doesn't, the pigs eat it. So it's, <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, the pig, oh, the pig's piggy doing Sue. Good. Piggy Sue. 
There, yeah, she's good. She's um, huge, <laughs> um, but no, she's good. Every, you know, everybody's good. I got uh, one addition to my four-legged family uh, during this um, too much time at home. I got a French bulldog. Oh, which, oh cute. Um, my, a really good friend of my dad's breeds them, and um, it, it was I, I I don't know how I got convinced into it. <laughs> anyway, I that's funny. I now I now have a French bulldog. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned you're working out too, and I know on like your Facebook, you've you've shared some videos and stuff. You're giving Kent Farrington has got to watch his back. As Kent's been sharing his videos, and I think Will's right behind him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> is that your? It, it, it's it's funny. I don't know Kent that well. I've met him a couple of times, but um, it's it's a really like there. It, it it's he's amazing. He's amazing at what he does. But there there is an art to that. It's a little bit like you watch the circus Soleil performers mm-hmm. that that do the bar work and stuff like that, and. It takes a lot of strength, don't get me wrong, yeah. but it's a lot of balance and positioning, and it's really impressive. And it's funny you mentioned that today because uh, this morning, Mila and I were working out, and we had we did a warm-up and did kind of two strength-slash-cardio circuits, and then we ended with an ab circuit. And one of the ab circuits was I get on the bench and kind of raise my legs up, and it was exactly what kent was doing where you go up and then you lower down but you don't let your feet touch and then back mm-hmm. up and then lower down and i i did for a second try to do the little walking method <laughs> like, like all right well that's not quite ready for a video yet but I, don't think, I don't think i'm far behind <laughs> you, go. you gotta do it do the event community proud and, and uh, no, it it, it, it's definitely. I mean, it's so inspirational to watch his stuff. Oh, yeah. and, the guy skips um, ropes like, like, like he skips rope like a Golden Glove boxer. It's incredible. Oh my god, I know. I, it makes yeah. me sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no the 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 jump rope. I I can't. I always I need a longer jump rope. That's what I'm convinced because I keep hitting my feet. <laughs> it's the jump rope. It's the jump rope. <laughs> I trip over an invisible jump rope. I can't even get it. That's funny. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. we just a week or so ago we actually uh, oh, watched this. a DVD of your first Kentucky. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. yep. Uh, funny. Funny that you mentioned that. My when my dad brought Ludwig the French bulldog up here, and my brother and sister in law came with them and. Uh, my dad brought a ton of stuff from he's gonna kind of redo the house that I grew up in and so he brought a, a ton of stuff and he brought a box full of VHS tapes I'm like what I don't I mean where am I gonna find a VHS player luckily Mark Weisbecker had like three um, and I like the Kentucky 03 and I've got I found the Pan Am one I think I did a, a flashback on Facebook of Antigua at the Pan Ams, yeah. but that's funny that they, yeah, it's crazy. God, I rode really badly. Back oh, then. you look good. No. You look good. There was like, hey, dude, there's, there's Will. Like, hey, there's Will Faldry's first time in Kentucky. And we're like, ah, we know that guy. 
Yeah. <laughs> Future three-time guest on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, before we get into, like, you know, we want to know about the fall series, you know, fall and, and, you know, the competition and all that stuff. But before we get into that, you you made kind of, you made a lot of headlines with um, uh, the the athletics and, and an event nation picked it up. It was like a, a letter to your 15-year-old self. And, and uh, I know a lot of people really enjoyed it. A lot of people shared it. And you, you said a lot of private really, uh, you know, kind of special things in there and brave things. And I was just kind of curious, what type of like feedback were you getting from that? And, and if you don't mind sharing about that, that article that you wrote a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Frankie Theriot, who's a good friend of mine, she sent me a text and said, Hey, would you do a, a letter? You know, do, she sent me a kind of a copy of one. She said, would you do something like this? A letter to your 15 year old self? And I, I said, I said, I don't know. I said, you know, I don't, I don't sugarcoat things. So I don't know how much you, you'd want it. And she kind of laughed. She goes, I want all the details. And, um, but it was, and I didn't write it right away. Um, I, I thought a lot about it. And, um, it, for me, if I'm going to put something out like that, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to make believe that things were, or, or, um, you know, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to, mm-hmm. okay, this is, a, this is, you know, I think Helen Marin is quote, quoted that if she could tell her younger self, give her younger self one piece of advice, it would be the, be to use the words F off much more often. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I loved that because it, it 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 that really resonated with me. And so when I sat down to do that, and I found it very, um, it it was it was it was quite therapeutic to 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 do in a sense because um, I hadn't really thought about my fifteen year old self in a long time. I'm a very uh, different person, obviously, um, and. Uh, a lot of people re- reached out to me or, or sent me me- messages after um, sent me emails and they're like, God, that was so brave. And it didn't feel like I was doing anything brave. It felt like I was saying what I, what, what I had the, what my life has been. Yeah. And, you know, it, and I, and I don't know. And I think people reached out at, you know, one person said, you know, I loved your letter, your, your line, you will fall in love and you will get your heart broken. Remember to always love hard, but don't ever become hard and really resonated. Thank you. And I thought, cool. I'm glad that reached that, you know, you know, I'm glad that touched that person. And then, you know, uh, other people reached out, you know, oh, when you said the horses you'll get to meet, they're all amazing. Enjoy them, learn from them, listen to them. You know, don't ever, uh, don't ever uh, expect and always accept, and that's true in all areas of your life. Um, and you know, it, it was cool that 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 you know that people were able to gather. Um, you know, and if it all if it gave one person, you know, the confidence when I spoke about you know coming out to my family. I mean, I grew up in West Texas. And my, you know, parents, it, my whole 
coming to terms with my own sexuality was a, a, a journey and a process. And everybody's journey and process in that regard is different. And the th that what's so important is that it is that person's journey. And no one can sit here and say, well, you should tell them, or I'm going to tell them, or I'm going to out you. or I'm gonna... It's a very personal thing. And I, I said the line in there, it will take you until your 30s to tell your family, give them time. It took you 30 years to accept yourself. And that was very true for me. Um, and, you know, I'm 30, I'm going to be 39 this year. And like my brother got married last year and uh, eight years after I had the courage to talk to my family, which took me 30 years to be able to, to do that. Well, probably not 30 because I, when I was two, I didn't know I was gay, but um, it took me at least 20 years uh, to, to be able to, to talk with him about it. And eight years after that, I'm giving the best man speech at my brother's wedding. And, you know, I opened the speech up and I said, I, you know, I don't, I thought about what stories I could tell, what jokes I could make, what advice I could give, but it's a bit tough when you're the 38 year old single, sardonic, slightly bitter homosexual <laughs> to make fun of the 28 year old double major in college with a 4.0 that moved back to Texas and was just married his high school sweetheart. So, we're at a point in my family now that we can talk about it. And that's a really beautiful thing, yeah. but it's a journey and it's a process and, and people need time. And I, it, if that helps one kid say, I'm okay feeling this way or other people have felt this way too. And it's okay to take time to, to learn to love yourself. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. Wow. Did you feel, I, I mean, listen, I will, I, I respect you so much for, for everything. And what you're saying is so important to so many people that are listening right now. And whether it be people who are, are dealing with this personally themselves or have a loved one that maybe has come out to them mm -hmm. or they, or, 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 or maybe someone who doesn't quite understand it, you know, and they don't quite get it. And, and you're, you're shedding light on your 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 perspective and your side of it and i think that's so important i think it's so brave. Yeah. did you and feel, that's okay yeah did you did you feel did you, you struggled with it like could you explain like what like um did you like how, what was the struggle was the struggle like you wish you could have changed who you were and like um you know for me growing up it was um you know, I didn't play football. I didn't. I I rode horses, and that was such a uh, an umbrella for me because I I was different in that sense. I was the only one in my school at the time um, that rode English, and that was my that was my security blanket. Well, why aren't you Why aren't you on the football team? Oh, I ride horses. I'm gonna make a career out of this. I'm gonna do the horses and. I think in that letter, and I said every everything you write about in every English paper, those are going to come true, um, and that was that was my security blanket because I could be, I I felt okay in that difference, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Sure. And um, you know, and the a hard thing for for me with my parents with my family was the disappointment. I mean, 
I didn't want to disappoint them. And, um, you know, I would, I would hear people or I would watch things, you know, when I was in high, the, my, at the end of my high school years, Will and Grace was just coming out. And I mean, people were like, I mean, there was into the, in high, when I was in high school, people talk about, Oh, do you like Will and Grace or Dharma and Greg? And like nobody said they liked Will and Grace because it was a gay thing, right? And so, and that was like it was something that you should be ashamed of. And it took me until really, you know, I moved to the East Coast and I saw, you know, I met, um, you know, I I met people who I had read about and I had uh, looked up to and I had. Um, well, idolized in a sense, and they were out, and they were they were successful, and and that was such a liberating thing for me. But it but there was still such a, a an armor of shame about it because I didn't want to disappoint my family. I didn't want to disappoint my mom. I didn't want to disappoint my dad. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I couldn't tell the guys I went to high school with, you know, they, I didn't want to get called a fag. I didn't want to get called a, you know, I didn't want to be made fun of for that. I mean, uh, so there, that, that was a, a really hard, hard thing to come to terms with. And I, I remember in my twenties, I remember watching, it was, it was right after my sister died and my sister died when I was 27. And, um, I, there had been rumors and actually a couple of my mom's sisters who, I mean, they knew I was gay when I was six, but, um, yeah, they had spoken to me and they were like, you know, it's okay. You, you know, your parents are going to love you anyway. And I'm like, but the anyway means that I've disappointed them. We're going to love you no matter, no matter what. Well, that, that's a disappointment. I'm going to love you even though you didn't live up to what I wanted you to be. Don't say I'm going to love if you, if you love somebody, just say, I love you. <laughs> Don't say there's not a, but after it, right. there's not a, anyway, there's not. And so that was a really hard thing for me to, to do. And it was a really hard thing for, you know, my mom and dad to, you know, they, they never didn't love me, but it was a, when, when I finally said something, my mom said, you know, I know, I, I, I know. And it was, I mean, but it, it took until I was, it was at my cousin's wedding. I, I was, uh, you know, I had, I had been in a relationship with somebody and, um, you know, my, this, this particular person had come to the, was coming to the wedding with me and it was like the big, a big deal. And all my aunts who I've quite close with you and they were like uh well you need to tell your mom and i said my mom like you know i love my mother we have a great relationship but she, you know she had made it kind of clear i mean she's very very catholic and um and I, you know i said well i'll tell my mom when she has you know when when she asks me and it was at that it was it was just a moment and I was like, no, it's not when she asked me. It's when 
I'm comfortable to talk with her. And it was a process. It was a really scary, scary thing. It was a scary thing to do, but it was, it has made a, a, a my, you know, it has made a, a, a really great bond between my, my mom and I, and my dad and I. And um, so it's been really, I, you know, I, you get these reminders on Facebook and my mom is quite funny, I think. <laughs> um, and about two years ago, I was having a conversation with her and I posted the conversation on Facebook because it was funny. Um, and I got reminded of that a couple of days ago and the conversation said, it was like evening conversation with my mom, me, um, so-and-so is pregnant. Um, I'm really excited for her mom. Well, that's really wonderful. Children teach you things you never thought you could learn me. Oh, well, what did, what did, what have you learned from me? And she goes to always question everything to to always look at every detail why is that because you questioned everything growing up you always wanted to know why you always wanted to know the answers and i go oh well what else have you learned from me and she goes you opened my eyes to new ways of life and new ways of love and i said how is that she goes because you're a homo <laughs> <laughs> and like it was just this it was like such a and I, I it was just like it was so cool because it was like and then she laughed and giggled and it's like and i love you and look at us now and she struggled you know so it, it, anything like that whether it's you know everybody has a closet in life that they have to come out of, out of at some point maybe the closet is your sexuality maybe the closet is uh you know you're moving away. Maybe the closet is you want to quit your job. Maybe the closet is you want a different job. Maybe the closet is you don't want to go to school. Everybody has a quote unquote closet at some point. I, everybody has to do something scary. And I think the, the, from what I've gathered and what I've gained in my experience throughout my life is that everybody has to do hard things sometimes. And everybody, one person's hard thing might be another person's easy thing to do, but you have to respect everybody's emotions and, and you can't, you know, like I said, you have to accept rather than expect because you'll have a lot fewer disappointments. Wow. And if you just accept what you're, what you're given with, with face value, hold true to your beliefs, you know, expect things from yourself, expect your, your gratitude, expect your manners, expect your morals, expect, expect your faith. But when it comes to other people, you, for me, you know, I, I feel like you have to be open and, um, accept who people are today. And if they want, if they are in the journey of a change, whether it's, you know, some, uh, sexuality, whether it's sobriety, whether it's whatever, that that you're there to accept them every day, and every day I will be here for you, in in what capacity you need from me, and then that then translates over to a horse because 
you get on a temperamental mare and expect her to do something, you've got another, <laughs> you've got a whole other discussion because <laughs> I've ridden, uh, you know, enough horses that you can't tell them what they can't do. You got to show them what they can do. Right. And, wow. and that's, I think, you know, that, that, that was then my definition behind that. This is true in all areas of your life. Wow. Do you, I mean, you know what I love about that, Will? And, <clears throat> there's a lot you you know you're even educating me on things i've never thought about and and uh i always thought of myself as a pretty understanding type of person you know and and i mean shoot the, the fella i sat next to at my high school graduation is a is a lady now and uh you know and 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 at our you know reunion everyone embraced her and loved her mm-hmm. and and and, and there, it was like a, a there, there it didn't matter whether it was a he or a she it was you know we were friends back then of course we're still friends today and uh but i appreciate what you're saying because you know what it you know you cross it also uh, beyond just sexuality but you know accepting people that have other issues you know and 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 accepting people and i think that's uh really uh, amazing and i think that's Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that you know that's uh i know i know i like to joke and stuff but you really uh yeah no i mean and i mean Boyd Martin is one of my dearest friends, and if people ever hear the banter between the two of I, you know, but it's all in good fun and good humor, and we have a really good time. And um, of course, there's, there's banter, and you have to be able to. I th- I believe you have to be able to do that. And um, I think one of the 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 biggest things that I that I try to take, and that. Um, and that I try to remind myself is that it's not always going to be easy. And I tried to convey that in that letter to my younger self. It's not always going to be easy. It's going to be a lot harder. There's going to be a lot more difficult times than there are great times, but being human is hard and that's okay. It's not supposed to be easy. (laughs) Um, If it was easy, there, there would be nothing you know, mm-hmm. if we didn't have anxiety as a society, we wouldn't still be alive. None of us. And, you know, I, so I think that that's something that I always try to, when I, when I personally get something, whether it's with my horses, whether it's with my personal life, whether it's with um, a spiritual side of my life, whether it's with whatever, when I get to a hard part, that's okay. Let's, let, let's stop and Let's not thread the narrative. Let's not create the story before the story happens. Let's think in slow motion and get through this hard part so that we can see what's beyond it because we will learn something from the hard. We'll learn a lot more from the hard than we learn from skipping down the street. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. If you had, uh, you know, for, for a young person at home that's listening, like struggling, you know, as, as maybe your 15 year, you know, the 15 year old listen to right now like what do you have advice for that person that's struggling with their um, and coming out to family it it is on your terms and it, it is um in whatever area of your life you have to come to terms with with what your feelings are with what your emotions are with what your your actions are and you have to take responsibility for those feelings for those actions um and 
And then on the flip side of that, I think the best advice I could say is that if somebody in your world, in your life that you meet, if they open a part of themselves to you, whether it doesn't matter whether they are really struggling, if it's a, a guy and he's really struggling to tell his friends that his best, that his favorite color is purple. If somebody has the courage to tell you something about their own life, drop all your judgment and consider yourself so lucky to be trusted with somebody's hard closet they're coming out of, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. And and if you can do that for other people and, and you can learn to do that for yourself, you're going to you're going to I think have a lot more more courage um, to you have to have, you know, courage of your own convictions, and um, and and hold true to your to the convictions that you have in your own life. And if you can set those parameters, and then allow and be and allow people and friends and horses and dogs and whatever animal come to you with their happiness with their sadness with their fear with their with all of their emotions and know that they can come with whatever emotion and be welcomed with non-judgment not a fear of being judged and that would be my advice is learn uh it's not it's not learning it's um it is really being strong in your own beliefs standing firm for what you believe in and very accepting of what people bring to you amen to that brother oh yeah <clears throat> man damn well <laughs> i'm not often oh. speechless no <laughs> you 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 have rob speechless over well, here you know, i mean and i'm gonna say it one last time I, I i super brave and i and i appreciate how not only are you bringing the 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 knowledge for the people who maybe uh are are you know, homosexual, but also for the people who maybe have trouble understanding it, and you're enlightening people, and or and and just in broader than that, you know, whatever, like you say, whatever that closet is, they're coming out of, you know, yeah, uh, and 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 you know, you're giving advice to people that are are on the other end of the fence, the receiving end, the person. That, hey, when someone comes to you and they're pouring their heart out to you. You got to realize this is, you know, like you got to be there for them, be present, don't judge them, and and understand how hard it is for them and how much they must trust you to, to say that. And I just think yeah. that's um, that 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 advice will it transcends horses, it transcends sexuality. It's just humanity. It's being a it's, person. yeah, you know, humanity. We're we're all, you know, every everybody. I think at the end of the day is after the same thing, and you know, we live in such a divisive uh world right now with the the uh with the politics that are going on and with this pandemic and it's really scary and um and everybody <laughs> want most everybody you know they want to 
they want to feel important. They want to feel like their voice is heard. They want to understand their own voice at sometimes. They want to understand other people's voices. And um, for me, my biggest thing, you know, I have, I'm pretty firm in my beliefs um, on, in a lot of things. And I have to, I have to remind myself, like, okay, I have to take a step back and and lit and listen to people and listen to other ways of thinking, so that we can forge a way forward, um, a path that that a wide enough road that everybody can walk down. Because we're not gonna all walk down the path down the Grand Canyon. It's got to be quite a bit wider than that, and. Um, I think it, if you don't understand something, someone, if you don't, it, and even that with the horse, uh, a horse, if you don't understand why the horse is spooking, why the, you know, they don't do this at home, or they're, you know, they're animals. You have to, okay, you know, put your Judge Judy hat on and. <laughs> Don't I don't need I don't need the backstory about anything. Give me the facts. Let's see what is the truth and the reality. And if the truth and reality is the benefit of the horse, the benefit of humankind, the benefit of mankind, the benefit of humanity, the benefit of the earth, then go that direction. If it's not, maybe steer something else. You know, right. steer a different direction. Yeah. Amen. So I don't know that that. You know, I, this whole kind of quiet time. I mean, I I said to some friends of mine the other day. I said at the end of April, I said, "Oh my God!" I said, "This is the first April since 1992 that I have not gone to a horse show." Wow! <laughs> wow! That's a long time. That's a good record. And like, and I think that would probably like people are going to hear that and they're going to go, "Oh shit, me too." Like we always compete in April. I don't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we usually compete in in you know September October. I didn't compete the one year I broke my neck because I was out, but I've never missed an April. Yeah. Um, I've always, and that was a really kind of interesting thing, and it it makes you, or has made me really kind of, you have to find the silver linings in life, and um, uh, you know. Uh, whether that be baking macarons or, making <laughs> <laughs> or pickling things or, you know, writing letters to your younger self. Right. Um, yeah. I, I will say that, 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 that letter that I wrote, that was a, a very therapeutic thing for me to do. And, um, it actually helped me in a, in some areas of my life at that moment a couple weeks ago that I was uh you know I had hit a couple speed bumps in a couple areas of my life and riding that helped me so you know don't be afraid to sit down and do it you don't have to read it to anybody right Um, do it do it do it on your own you know yeah do it on your own it's a it's a you know it's a, a pretty therapeutic thing to do and um and I mean, I, I write a lot in general, but, um, you know, so 
Well, I thought there were some interesting things about the, even the horses that are very related. I mean, anyone who hasn't read it, obviously go to Will's uh, eventing page and it's it's up there and it's on Eventing Nation. And we'll share it in the show notes. But another thing that along the horse side of it, it was you said some really interesting things about how you, had, you know, if I'm just um, summarizing, you know, you had a lot of success very young. And then, uh, you know, you've had some tough years. And one thing that you said was, you know, there's times when you made the team and you're kind of like, ah, oh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I wasn't the best person for it. And then there were times that you wish you were on the team or not wish you think you deserved that spot and you didn't get it. And I tell you, that's even a very, there's no doubt that there's people out there that have felt that way. You're not alone, but to say it out loud, you know, publicly and that's mm-hmm. got to be tough this sport is so tough and that's yeah that's this sport you know as, as you're telling your story about you know coming out and things i'm thinking you know i, I you know the, the the sport is so daggone tough i can't think of many things that would be harder than than being an eventer <laughs> for a profession you know but uh you talk about heartbreak. I mean, just, I mean, the, the, the sport, you know, they say baseball is like, and it's a game of failure. And, and that's how eventing is. I mean, it's just, it's just constant. Oh, oh, why did any of us get involved in this sport? Right? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, 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 back to my brother's uh, best man speech, I said in there, I promise to be the best uncle to your children when the time comes and I will encourage them to pick up a golf club or a tennis racket. (laughs) There Um, you go. (laughs) um, They have a less chance of breaking their neck. Um, (laughs) But now, you know, it is, it's, it's a, it's a really hard thing. I was very fortunate early on and, um, you know, I got Brad, the horse Antigua, um, I had come to Philip Dutton's with um, horses that I had bought off the track that um, <laughs> we actually watched one of the videos of that, of one of those horses jumping around the advanced at Morven and how I'm still alive. I'm not <laughs> sure. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I got this horse and I had always ridden horses when I was growing up. I galloped polo ponies um, uh, at the Midland Polo Club all through high school to make money. And um, I, uh, I'd always ridden horses that were really strong. And so Philip really wanted me to get a horse that wasn't strong so I could learn to not pull on cross country. And, you know, we found Antigua and he was, he had, he had done the upper levels, which I'd never had a horse that had done that. And, um, but he was 11. And so it, it, things worked out and, you know, Little did I know that, you know, when we got him, what all I would get to do. And I, it was, I was very, very fortunate. You know, I went to the Pan Ams in 2003 um, and I was 21. I turned 22 at the Pan Ams that year. And um, back to the whole (laughs) looking up to these guys that I had idolized and, uh, when I was struggling with my own sexuality, that team was myself, Stephen Bradley, Bobby Costello, and Jan Bindi, which I, at this point in time, can affectionately call three gays and a little lady. <laughs> but, um, but, and everyone um, has been a guest on the show, just for yeah, this. <laughs> yeah. So we love so, them all. We love them all for sure. Yeah, no, um, but you know, I went to the Pan Ams. I went to Athens Olympics. <laughs> I went. I did. Uh, 
Burley. Um, I did Babington on him. I did actually the year I did Babington on him was the last year. It was long format. Um, and then I went to the WAG. I rode on the team at the WAG and Auckland on him. So I'd had all this, ex- ex- I had all this team experience really young. I mean, I was, I, I did Burley in 2007 on him. I was 24 and that was kind of the last, uh, he did Kentucky in 2008 and then retired. Um, after that, he was shortlisted for the Beijing Olympics, but, um, he was 19 and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it was, he didn't, he didn't end up going there, but, um, uh, you know, I'd had a lot of success on, on him. And, uh, I said in the letter that don't ever expect one horse to fill the shoes of the next, that that is advice you will get from an icon. And that is something that Karen side said to me, um, and I, I've, I've actually written about it a lot and talked about it a lot over the years. Um, she said that to me at a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours birthday party right after the World Games in Aachen. And I didn't, I obviously knew who Karen Stives was, but I didn't really feel un, feel and understand the weight of that, um, of that comment until, you know, as my career has gone on and, um, I've had, I've had, you know, great success, um, since then. And, you know, I have wonderful, um, sponsorship. I've got the most amazing lady, Jennifer Mosing, who owns, um, my top horses now. And we've had a lot of really, really amazing times and really, really fun, successful times and not one horse you know, I, had I had expected these horses, like, you know, my next horse that I got shortlisted for, and I did a couple nation, I did um, a nation's cup on, um, was uh, Paulo, and then Andromac, but Paulo could not have been more different from Antigua. Andromac could not have been more different. She was similar to Antigua in the way she was built, but, um, you know, she was a lot more settled in her brain in the dressage, and um, you know, and I, I look, I've, I look at the these horses that I've had throughout my career, and how lucky have I been to have, you know, have had the opportunity to be a part of these horses' lives, and um, and to and to learn from all of them, and and I love the training process, and that's something that's been really fun in this. Uh, pandemic time is you know we don't know when we're gonna reality get to start competing again i mean they're gonna open stuff back up but you know we don't know what july is gonna look like and are these cases gonna spike again and um you know but i've really one thing that i've really focused on in this time is i've just really gone back to the basics with the horses and the string of horses i have now i I can't say it's the nicest string I've ever had because every every horse I've always, you know, the horses that I've had that I've competed up to the top level, I've believed in that horse. Um, and that's something that I, um, you know, if I don't, if I don't feel that, that the horse has the ability to, to match 
what I hoped for out of the horse, and the horse is going to be better suited uh, with less pressure. You know, there's no there's no sense in trying to um, trying to make something that they're they're unable to do, and they they let us know early on, and if you listen to them, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, like I said back back in that, you know, yes, when Antigua retired, I. You know, I I got called the one horse wonder, and I got called the, well, your career's over. Well, you got to do so much during your career, and that was a really hard thing for a 25 year old to hear, um, who had you know won a gold medal for the U.S., who had been to the World Games. That was a really hard thing to hear, and I didn't understand what that what I would take to so many other horses until really until after I broke my neck, um, which was in 2015. So, you know, eight years later, what I learned that work ethic, that drive, that focus that Antigua taught me that I've brought to other horses throughout my career and hope to continue to bring to more horses. Um, but you know, that, like you know even kind of going full circle when i said you know being human is hard and sometimes hard conversations are what you have to have and it may take you eight years to figure out the meaning of that hard conversation but if you keep if you believe in what you're doing and you believe in yourself and you and you have the courage of your convictions and what you believe in um you'll eventually find a letter to those hard or you'll eventually find an answer to those really hard questions. I love it. Mm-hmm. You know who I want to out? Well, I want to out the guy who told you that at 25 years old and tried to crush your, 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 your dreams and your spirit. Come on, say it. I think it was, it was, it was common knowledge. I mean, it, that's a hard, hard thing. I mean, I think that's exactly what Karen Stives was trying to, that, that, it, it took me, you know, 10 years because it was in, yeah, I, so 10 years. Karen Sives told me that in 2006. And it took me 10 years later to understand, really understand the magnitude of what she meant by that. And, um, and I think in one of our other discussions, you asked me why I ride in the skull and crossbones. And, you know, it, it it was ten years after that after that question was said to me. Don't you know? Don't expect the next one to fill his shoes. You know, I was an arrogant twenty five year twenty four year old that had been to the World Games, and I'm like, oh, I oh, I'll be able to go to the next Olympics. I'll be well. It's a it's really hard. There are people that work their entire lives that don't get the opportunities that I was able to have with that horse. Yeah. So enjoy every moment and. You have to do it for the love of the game. You mm-hmm. have to do it for the love of the sport. You have to do it for the love of the animals because you're not guaranteed anything. You're not guaranteed getting on any team. And, um, you know, don't run away from the hard questions and don't get, you know, a hard a hard question can, can break, can burst your bubble. It can break your spirit, but you got to patch it up. And like I said, it might take you 10 years and you'll go through a lot more downs than ups. But if you keep searching, you'll, you'll, you'll find the answer to the hard question. Yeah. Dang. 
Will's bringing out all the heavy guns. Karen. I know. You know, it's interesting. The, the, the switching gears a little bit. That that's wonderful. I mean, uh, that's amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. You, well, you're a very uh, thought out, deep guy, man. I appreciate that, and and I appreciate well, that. You. I appreciate that you would come on this show and share that. You know what I mean? Like I, I just I, I feel honored and, and humbled. Mm-hmm. That that you're you you share all this with us, man. And I just I can't thank you enough for that. That's well, absolutely. I mean, I've been like I said, I've been given, I've been very very lucky. I've been given a lot of opportunity, and anything that I can do to make somebody else or help somebody else in any way, I'm you know that's what <laughs> at the end of the day, that's what we're all here to try to do. I love right. it. Right, you're a good man, Will. What I'd like to know. Is in your letter you say that you see a movie trailer directed by Tim Burton, but who was playing you? <laughs> um, Johnny Depp, funny. of course, right? <laughs> so <It's> Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, God. Um, Good question. You got him stumped. I know. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It was. It was funny because when I I was like Frankie had sent me a message or something about writing that and i was uh, the tv was on and that charlie and the chocolate factory that tim burton directed Mm -hmm. with johnny depp Mm -hmm. was on and i mean that's such a yeah it's you would never kind of dress in the way like it was so different from the original and i was like god my life is like a tim burton film (laughs) (laughs) what's the original and you know god if i had if somebody said to me you know, if if your life was had a had if a if a song played during the credits of your of your life, what would it be? I I so I forgot who asked me that. They, you know, if there was a movie or in the credits of your life, the song that that is playing, what would it be? I said, "Send in the clowns." Uh, and you know, there there ought to be clowns. Like um, it's such a there. Like you have to find the, uh, I don't know. The, I think you have to accept the the reality of what things are. But as far as who would be playing me, I have no idea. Um, probably Johnny Depp. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Uh, I knew yeah. it. Equally no. as handsome, Karen. There you go. <laughs> no, I think I think he's a fantastic actor. Um, Man, the guy's crazy. Did you ever hear about his wine bill? He would go through like tens of thousands of dollars a month in wine. Like, oh my god! I, love I can hang with that guy. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> Where where's that seller? Yeah. I think right. he lost it in his divorce. Was how that came out. That is like, I, I guess he didn't have all that. He lost a lot of that parts of the Caribbean money because he was coming through wine like like it was like, water. Yeah. <laughs> so oh crazy. goodness. So, no, awesome. it's funny that I that I say him because I I never I didn't watch all the Pirates of the Caribbean stories, but yeah, I forgot he was Jack Sparrow. I missed yeah. Skull and Crossbones. I know it's I know we know we talked about it on the very first time we interviewed. You. It's it's about Peter Pan, but but come well, on. you know, <laughs> I, you know it's Peter Captain Pan. Hook. That's Captain, yeah, Captain, well, Captain, Captain Hook. Captain Hook. Um, one of my favorite movies as a kid was. Um, and still, if it's on, if I turn the TV on and it's playing, I don't change the channel. It's the Goonies. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm, Goonies never die. So. <laughs> 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 that's, 
that was a good a good movie for someone like I think that most I think that ninety nine percent of teenagers, especially at that time, you know, everyone feels uncomfortable as a teenager. Even the ones who you think are cool, you know, they're, they're uncomfortable. And I think that movie resonated with a lot mm-hmm. of people in our generation. You know, we're we're, we're slightly we're slightly older. But. <laughs> Um, uh, totally. I they should they really should do a remake of that movie. Yeah. Have, have you ever noticed? Have you seen Chunk as an adult? You, I, you don't even recognize no, him. No, he looks not fantastic. At all. He's the best looking one out of the whole bunch. Most uh, fit, the whole thing. So do the truffle shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, oh. that was some great great one liners in there. Oh, uh, young yeah. people listening got to go back and get the Goonies. It's yeah. on TV once. Yeah. I know. I actually I have a rule with my. Well, I guess it's not a rule, but I always end up asking the working students if they have not seen the Goonies or the Sound of Music, they have to watch that, and there will be a quiz within two days. <laughs> and then I tell them, and then I ta- then I call their parents and tell their parents that they failed as parents. <laughs> what 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 parent doesn't have their child watch the Sound of Music or the Goonies? I'm. I'm definitely a sound of music guy. I like sound of music. But it's yeah. not one enough. We gotta, no. we gotta see if that's on Netflix. It is a good. That's a good movie. Like the sound of me. Like that was. Everybody should see that. I, um, I agree. I love it. But, that's a, it's probably that's probably my favorite musical. Mm-hmm. That and the Wiz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Wiz, not yeah. the Wizard of Oz. The Wiz. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's actually my 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 favorite Broadway musical would be Wicked. Have you seen that? No. No. Karen oh does, I want to go to Broadway. Karen doesn't want to go to Broadway. There. Well, it's all well. It's down right now, but um, I would highly recommend Wicked. It is. It's the longest. I don't know if it's the longest running, but I think it's probably the longest running now. I mean, it's been. It opened in two thousand three, and it's still running at the Gershwin Theater. Um, cool. It's very good. Come on, Karen. Let's go. Me? You're the one who doesn't want to do New York. Well, I don't like New York City, but I would do Broadway. <laughs> I would like to see a show. I want to see the Blue Man Group. You know, there's a couple things I want to see. I'll go to Vegas to see them. That That's really good. You know, and I like Circus Soleil. I mean, me, me, this gonna, I mean, I like Circus Soleil, too, and Karen doesn't like Circus Soleil. It's like she won't go to that stuff with me. Mm. I love this. Have you ever seen Circus Soleil? Those guys are awesome. I love yeah. No, they're they're amazing. Karen doesn't it's, like any of the good stuff. Well, I'll go with you, Will. There we'll you go. go All right. We'll go there see some go. Circus LA in Vegas. Right. <laughs> I'll Blue be your wingman. And, uh, you know. Yeah. One of the best shows I saw in Vegas, in Vegas and it's been a while, um, was Terry Fader, the ventriloquist. Um, that was in, that was impressive. And if you've not heard of him, just, just go on YouTube. Is um, he the guy with the that, I Will Kill You, that guy? Like the that guy or who? His name's Terry Fader, hmm. um, and he does like Carm- he's got like Carmen the Frog, and he's got Etta James. He's got these uh, ma- uh, whatever they're called. Um, he's a ventriloquist, but he sings, and you you will not believe um, you you won't believe it. I it's uh, uh, what a wonderful world! Who sings that? Um, oh, that's um, Bing Crosby, isn't that? No, 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 King Cole. No, not that King. No, I know who. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, is that the awesome voice. Yeah, uh, uh, I forget, but he's a little older than me. Um, 
So he can dub yeah. that guy? Like he can do like his voice? Oh my god. Um Yeah, I mean I'm not gonna even try to sing it. Uh, <laughs> but uh Louis oh god, Armstrong. Is, Louis Armstrong, that's Louis it. Armstrong, thank you. God. Thank God for Google. <laughs> I, I had to Google it real quick. You know, I well, one day I'll tell you. I have two good Vegas stories. The one I want, one I'll share in private. But this one, I was brought at the MGM Grand in the center. They, I don't know if they still do or not. They had the Emerald City for Wizard of Oz, and they had yeah. the they had a magic show that used to be in there. I don't know if it's still there or not. Probably not. And it was supposed to be like the Wizards uh, Library, and they did a magic show inside. So it was in the round. It was really small. Yeah, and they brought that was me really up neat. on stage to chop my head off in the guillotine. Oh my God. Wow. I was part of it. I mean, and you know, you always think that person's in, in on it, you know, and it yeah. was me. Karen, you yeah. were with yeah, me. Yeah, right? I was, yeah, I was with you. She's sitting right next to me. And long story short, like they, they, you know, they, 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 they chop a carrot, you know, off on the guillotine to show you it's real. And I'm thinking, okay. And then a guy pulls me up and I'm like, Oh, here I go. I'm like, well, I'm going to figure out how this is done. You know, cause I'm, I'm smart. I'm smarter than the average bear. And I look down, and there's the basket, and there's a half a carrot. I'm like, ooh, that really cut the carrot, you know? <laughs> so I started getting a little nervous. Long story short, I survived, and but I still have no idea how they did it. And uh, I, uh, that's the sh- very, very short version. It was an excellent thing. So that was my, wow. that was that was your, my PG. That was your PG trip. That's my to- PG <laughs> trip to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you my, my not-so-PG. It's not that bad, but it's just a TMI for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Every everybody should have a good Vegas story. Yeah. <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta have a good good story about any of those fun places. Oh yeah, yeah. I had my I had last year. We went to um, I was lucky enough to go with Jennifer, um, uh, my owner Jennifer Mosing. We got invited to go to the U.S. Open um, for tennis, and we were there on the I think it was a round of sixteen. Anyway, we got to see – I'll never forget this. Such an amazing day. We got to see Roger Federer play, and he won. And then we got to see Serena play uh, – Petra, I can't pronounce her last name. And Serena won. Well, in between the two games, in between the Federer game and the Serena game, we're sitting there, and there's like an hour. And so the Serena game's coming up, and so people – her box is starting to fill up. And I see Anna Wintour. And oh, I, I, I'm like, once in a lifetime, I jump down into the section, walk right up to her, introduce myself to her. She let me take a, I said, is there any, I said, you know, Miss Wintour, I'm a huge fan. Could I get a picture? And she goes, I suppose. I, oh. lean <laughs> I lean in and I take the picture and she goes, it's not a very flattering angle. And I said, well, any angle of you is flattering, Mrs. Wintour. Thank you very much. Um, so that was about the wildest thing I, I ever did. Something <laughs> oh. like that. That's pretty good. I remember seeing that on Facebook. It was, you got a lot of jealous people on that. Uh, well, listen, uh, I don't want to one up yeah. you, but I, I did meet Hulk Hogan in the airport once. So, but that's oh, it. wow. <laughs> the funny, here's the funny thing, Will, and I'll leave it at this. Can't, we're at the terminal. Mm-hmm. It's early in the morning. We're going away to like the Bahamas or something, and the airport's empty. And I thought I saw some like wrestlers on like the mezzanine for some reason. I was like, "Well, that's weird. I look like a wrestler." And then Karen's like, "We're going down the terminal." Karen's like, "I have to use the bathroom," so she goes to use the ladies' room. As soon as she goes in the ladies' room, here comes Hulk Hogan walking down all by himself, and it was right when he made his return to wrestling. Yeah, and I'm like, "Holy smokes!" Hulk Hogan is walking right towards me, and I'm just standing by myself. 
So he kind of comes up next to me and I just start walking with him. I'm like, hey, Hulk, you know, I mean, I grew up watching the guy and I was like, you know, uh, big fan, brother, you know, I gave him the brother and all that stuff. And then um, I said, well, hey, I'm not going to bother you. I didn't try to shake his hand. I didn't, you know, this was before selfies and stuff. And uh, and I just kind of said, hey, you know, have a great flight. And I just peeled off. And by the time I got back to the ladies' room, Karen walks out. And I'm like, Karen, I just met Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he's no, he's nowhere in sight, you know. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, it was the craziest uh, thing ever. So. Yeah, but then we saw him sitting down. You didn't so. see him, but you yeah. were too afraid to go say hello. Yeah, but yeah. Anyhow, that was my whole. No, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love stories like that. That's mm. really fun. Uh, I could talk about this stuff all day. It's yeah. fun. So, uh, Karen, what do we got? We got. Well, let's wrap up with some business. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Well. We'll get some business going. Horse. Yeah. So oh, you you, you told us what you're doing during your downtime right now, um, but. Uh, once competition comes back, what's your plan uh, for their horses to return? Um, so I've been kind of looking at at the competitions, and I really hope that um, we're able to have an autumn season. Um, uh, right now, I, I'm looking. It's looking like I've got some. There's some local stuff at the Carolina Horse Park the end of June, and then um, you know Tryon does some of the jumper stuff. Uh, in July um, that I might go to. There's also some stuff here locally, but I'm probably going to hopefully start start the big guys back like at Great Meadow the end of August. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll aim, uh, I'll aim to go there and then plantation. And then um, I hope to have uh, the Mama's Magic Way and Ramona and maybe Celeste at the Morvan four star long. Um, and then uh, Celeste is quite experienced. So, you know, she, she might do that or, or Ocala. She would only need to do one um, with, with us not having a spring season. Ocala is actually quite late this year. So I think there's enough time that the horses could do maybe Morvan have a couple quiet weeks and then, do Ocala as long as they are feeling good and, and they've gone well, which would then hopefully qualify them for, you know, Kentucky in the spring. Um, and then fun. I'm, I'm hoping to aim him to the Fairhill five star. I think that's going to be really exciting, um, to have, have an autumn five star here in the States. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm, quietly optimistic again you know uh, accept rather than expect you know we'll, right. we'll, we'll we'll see what what hand we're all dealt when all that comes about but you know in the meantime i'm just taking the horses over and i don't i know competitions are starting back in june um you know i've got a, a couple young horses that you know, I would. I'll do some of the local stuff. Um, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm still a little leery, kind of traveling too far, and, um, I, you know, I want to. I don't want to jeopardize any of the people that work for me, and I also don't want to <laughs> add to the statistics of of this virus. So I'm gonna keep doing everything I can to flatten the curve. Um, but you know, having said that, I so so my point in saying that is that I don't I don't feel the need to rush and try to get my big horses out competing in June July, when their 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 main objective being Morven and Fair Hill not till October. So I'll 
all really gear their competition schedules towards their long formats um, and, you know, run them when necessary. But, you know, as much as I love to compete and want to be out there running and jumping, I've got to also do what's best for the horses. And um, I think that's really gearing them towards what our goals are that would hopefully then set them up for next year. Um, in you know, in hopes for Tokyo or wherever, yeah, wherever yeah. their plans take take us. <clears throat> There's a whole lot of plans that just got jumbled yep. up with this whole Tokyo mm-hmm. thing. So, yeah, so. you know, it's it's really gonna. It, it, I think it's gonna. It will have benefited some horses. It may um, be detrimental to you know to another horse. Um, you know, it's everybody's just gonna have to see how the horses come out next year and um and and i think we all st- at this point i uh, you know i do not i i think if if we don't have a vaccine by february or march next year i worry that the olympics will be canceled so i'm just really putting uh hope and faith in the in the scientists and um, a, a good friend of mine who's who is a scientist and works on vaccines and stuff. He had posted a thing on Facebook, and I actually shared it on my personal page. Um, and it was really, it was a really cool thing to read, and it was amazing progress. And I didn't understand half of it because I don't understand those words. So I called him and I said, "Explain <laughs> this to me so I can understand it." And um, and he did, and. Yeah, that gave me a lot of hope. Um, and uh, but it's on my Facebook page. If um, I forgot what it's called, but um, you can't miss it. I I think I posted it yesterday morning. But um, it was a really cool thing to read. But you know, I'm gonna just keep training my horses and then enjoying my my baking and come up with different um, things to to occupy my time and keep thinking of different ways to. Um, help my horses be better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The article is called T cells found in COVID-19 patients. Yes. bode Well for long-term immunity. So there you go. That's the, yeah. that's the article to look for. I knew it, that off the top was, of my head. I didn't even look that up. Right. I, I just I remembered <laughs> it. I, was, I read it four times, made notes. No, I'm just kidding. No, I was getting it. No, it of course, clear it was a, head. it was a really cool it, it just it, I don't know. It explain how helps me to understand better um, why they why they're having such a hard time. But now that I think the scientists they've made some with trials and stuff, they've made some discoveries and um, like they kept thinking that. And I don't want to. I'm not a scientist. I'm far from it. But from what I understood, was you know the the. COVID-19 it kept mutating and mutating because some people have immunity to it because of pre-exposure. And so now that they are starting to understand that, I think they'll be able to get aligned better to finding a vaccine sooner rather than later. That's so awesome. that's what I gathered from it. That may be completely wrong, but <laughs> I'm going to go with that because it made me feel better. Hey, question for you. Robert Costello is your coach, right? Yes. So do you call him Robert or Bobby? We had this kind of debate, he and I. Not not he, um, but like. It depends. 
how if I'm mad or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because um, we had him on. And before we always like to, you know, especially when it's someone that we don't really know, we're like, hey, you know, do you want to be called Robert or Bobby? He says, well, you know, and even that was like, it wasn't a definitive <laughs> thing. It was no, just kind of funny. But. No, he's one of my, like, he is one my best friend. Uh, he's like a brother to me. I'm very close with he and his family. And um, they've, they're an amazing family. So um, m- most of his family call him Robert. Um, and, but he hates Robbie, so if, if I'm <sighs> like, you can call him Robbie. That really winds him up. <laughs> so Bobby, you um, get away with Robbie? No, no. way. No way. Oh, that's so funny. But um, I, uh, I, I call him Bob mostly. Bob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, him. But, um, but no. Um, yeah, he always, he always knows. If he asks me a question and I'm annoyed, I'll be like, Robert. Um, but no. Yeah, so Bobby, Bobby, Bob, or Robert. Never Robbie. Never, never, Rob. never. You know, You know, he played the piano for us when he was a guest. And he's a, he is an, he is amazing at that. And he, we're, we're all about people sharing their hidden talents. So do you have any hidden talents before you know we wind this thing down? Because uh, no, I I did I did that question and answer thing with Practical Horseman. They're like, oh, <laughs> do you have any hidden talents? I said, no, nothing about me is a secret anymore. Uh, um, you said you're not that, a good singer in your in your piece to yourself, but maybe maybe we should be the judge of that. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, <laughs> no, it was funny actually. If I think I put it on Instagram, or I must have put it on Instagram. Uh, I had um, Bobby was playing the piano the other night, and the French Bulldog. It was the first time he had heard the piano, and he was like howling. But it was quite quite funny. But no, Bobby's an amazing musician, yeah. and he does have a good voice. So um, next time y'all have him on, make him sing. Yeah. Right. Oh, there we go. We we'll have him sing. Yeah, along there we go. Piano. It was so funny because we were like, Bobby, is there any chance the piano's right by? And it was kind of like one of those things. Like I, I think of um, uh, um, um, the 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 Anchorman movie when he. I don't know if you ever saw that where um um, uh, oh, what's his name? Will Ferrell. He like pulls out the jazz flute out of his thing, and Bobby's like, "Well, I just so happened to have the piano right by me." Yeah. <laughs> next thing you know, it's boom, 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 boom. But he yeah. was like, it's going to sound like it was uh, contrived, but it wasn't. It was uh, off no. the No, no, he, he, he's, he's very good at that. And um, yeah, no, awesome. it's, I, I love listening to the, not just him, but any of my friends, whether they play the guitar. I love music. I very much wish I could sing, but, um, you know, I, I, I could probably, I, I'm pretty good. I, I think I could write lyrics. I'd never be able to put them to music, but yeah. my, 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 uh, one of my, if I had, uh, I guess it wouldn't even be a bucket list, but a fairy tale dream would be to sit down and write a song with the Dixie chicks. That would be amazing. Cause I think, <laughs> I think those ladies are the best and their new album, the new album isn't out. They had to delay it because of this, but, their new song that they've got two that they've released from it, Gaslighter and Juliana Calm Down. And they haven't released new music in 14 years. And it was like the, it was, that's been one of the biggest highlights of this, uh, 
quarantine is being able to have those songs on repeat. My friends and dogs are sick of them, because <laughs> them over and over. But, uh, That's funny. We have to check uh, it out. Yeah, have to check. Have to yeah. check it out. So well, hopefully, we, hopefully we see you up here at Fair Hill soon. That's right around the corner from us. So hopefully yep, we get we'll be tailgating. Up. We'll be tailgating. Hopefully Definitely. We, oh, we got to figure that whole thing out. Yeah, we do. We'll be there. We'll be tailgating. Out. Yeah. So, well, hopefully, fingers crossed, we're all able to get up and do what yeah. right. we love. Exactly. And, um, and actually be able to spectate even. Yeah. We'll hop the fence. We're getting in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a I'm, hand sanitizer and a mask, and I'm in. Exactly. <laughs> So, hey, Will, as we wind things down, just, uh, you know, how do people follow along? We're going to obviously link up, you know, y- you know, your, your article and things like that. But uh, how do people follow along and uh, and stay in touch with, with, with what you got going? Um, the the girls that I'm not very good at. I mean, I do my own Facebook page, but um, the, I have a Will Fodry Eventing Facebook page and a Will Fodry Eventing um Instagram that that we do a lot of stuff on and then I mean I'm on Instagram will just will Fodry and it's but I don't always post I mean I post a bunch of horse stuff but I also you know post pickled uh, avocados <laughs> and macarons that's awesome so, uh, pictures of you pictures of my right? cat yeah. yeah, yeah. The cat. We gotta see the Boston Terrier. We gotta see the uh, floating in your pool. Floating in your pool. The pigs. <laughs> yeah. Love the pigs. Yeah. Well, well, Karen, was this the best? This was what? great. Yeah, well, it was thank great. Thank you so much yeah. for everything. And again, we are honored that you came on and shared so much mm-hmm. with us. That uh, you know, we we always like to joke around and have a good time and all that. But you know, Roy, at the end of the day, what this show really is about is you know bringing value to people who listen. And you brought so much value today for everyone who listened. And I just can't thank you enough for sharing all that with us and trusting us with your message. Well, thank you. And yeah, I'm happy to be here. And I'm also, you know, if anybody, you know, is struggling in a way that they think I can help or, or they want to reach out to me, you know, they, I'm, I, I'm very much a person that would always be willing to answer a phone call or an email. So I'll put that out there for sure. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, or your favorite podcast app. Cheers.